Bernard Fox and the verdict is in. And this is one of my more important podcasts and one that I will send out into the void before New Year's. And I would suggest that all of you listen to it and send it to at least 20 or 30 people. First, let's think of some of the images of this year. A black man forced to the ground and killed by an overzealous policeman, either high on drugs or racism. Then, a woman sitting at a touch football game for her son, White, grabbed by a man of color who is a police officer, who grabbed her violently, wrestled her on the aluminum stands, bruising her left and right, so that he could handcuff her for not wearing a mask without even a warning. And then, stores being burned by people who had no beef with the store owners, and goods being stolen by people who had no right to do so, and all the rancor, all the name-calling, people trying to destroy the careers and lives of others because they don't agree with another's point of view. Hatred spewed everywhere. And on top of that, a man, and this is something we should all circle, drives an RV into Nashville and blows himself up so that he can be noticed. That's the state of our society right now, whether you wish to believe it or not. And it should shake all of you. I can tell you that I represent a lot of different clients all over the country and have a lot of different friends and family all over the country. And I hear fear in their voice. I hear uncertainty in their voice. I see worry in their voice. There is a pandemic. I'm in Los Angeles where the hospitals are full. Full, I say to you, and ambulances are circling. This UK strain is more airborne, and people are wearing swim goggles and five masks on top of each other into the supermarket. And what we do is we, again, hate on each other, yell about whose fault this is and why it's happening. A governor is trying to deal with complex issues, and we film him when he made a mistake and didn't wear a mask and then decry his measures as unfair. The restaurant workers who are laid off are not hired by any corporations to come fill jobs. We are actually going to hire at least one restaurant worker to be an extra receptionist. What are we doing to solve the problems? It was once said, I think by John F. Kennedy, that if you're not a part of the solution, you are a part of the problem. And so many of us have become a part of the problem. We think we're the only right point of view. Some people believe that you should be able to abort a baby even after it's born and it's breathing, and that you should be able to take people's guns from them, and that you should tax a person making $600,000 to the point where they can't send their kids to college because it's somehow their job to pay for everybody else. Other people, believe that a woman has a right to determine when the child inside her lives or dies, and that guns are dangerous, and that we don't do a good enough job taking care of others who can't take care of themselves. Now, those two points of view should be able to exist in a society together, and I'm going to talk about five words that are missing in today's world. One, love. Love of thyself and thy neighbor. Two, compassion. Way too many people are narcissistic. Three, patience. 
boy, when is the last time you've seen patience? Patience before someone writes something that hurts others' feelings. Patience before someone says something that hurts others' feelings. Next, discipline. Totally lacking in our culture because people just simply don't want to do what's required to deal with this virus. Or discipline themselves in terms of how they deal with people who disagree with them. Discipline themselves enough to wait until the other person is done talking to have a debate. And finally, authenticity. Many people decry our media as being unauthentic because it now supports a point of view and pumps out news that you can't always believe or often believe. Many of my friends who are lawyers and doctors, educated people of all colors, skin colors, cultures, don't read the news that shows up on their phone because they don't believe any of it. These are educated people. Let me talk about the issues none of the politicians spoke about during the elections. Homelessness is out of control in the state of California, in the state of New York, and much of this country. The inner cities, which have always been left behind, are left behind in a way that is no longer acceptable. And human trafficking is not something that we should turn our head to, not something we should be afraid to stand up to, and something that must be brought to an end. And I had a guest on who spoke about that. You should listen to that feature. Any type of oppression at this stage of humanity is embarrassing. Cultures are supposed to grow over decades. Human beings are supposed to progress. We are supposed to learn from the mistakes made by those who came before us and not repeat them. At this point in time, we should have a society that doesn't ever measure a person based on their skin color, their race, their sexual orientation, upon anything other than are they a good person, are they qualified for a job, and do they represent the face of your community? And if you're not thinking along those lines, if you have some bias, if you hate black people, and if you hate white people, if you hate women, or you hate people who are gay, you need to do something about that. Today's culture has no place for you and your biases and your ignorance and your anger. If you are sitting there listening to my podcast right now and you have a burning anger about a black person or a Latino person or a woman or a gay person or a white person, you need to go get therapy. We cannot afford you anymore. There are bigger problems that need to be solved other than your tiny, self-invested, insecure biases. And let me be clear on this. It is time to let the past go. I'm no longer interested in talking about what happened 50 or 70 years ago because we're educated enough to make sure it doesn't happen now in our schools, in our neighborhoods, where we live. And if any of us are a part of discrimination or oppression, then we need to be addressed in a way where it stops. And we need to stand up to any form, any form of discrimination and oppression. And that means that if you believe in your religion, whatever that religion is, whether you're Muslim or you're Christian or you have no religion, no one should be able to oppress you or discriminate against you or go after your job or your character. How small-minded are the people who do that? How afraid are they of differences? Has this world become a place where we're just petrified, petrified 
have someone who disagrees with us, then we have to shout over them, yell over them, burn their buildings, hammer them with a nail, throw cans at them. And are we stupid enough to think that because there's a racist cop or several or maybe handfuls of racist cops, that all cops are now needless? And where would we have been during that tragic disaster in Nashville if there weren't brave cops saving dozens and dozens of lives? Let's not be naive. Let's not live in that ivory tower. And I'm speaking to a lot of my friends who write these articles and who run for office and who are in office. You know, the people in office walk into ivory towers. And the people who are professors at your universities work in ivory towers. And the people who run corporate America live in glass towers and huge homes in the suburbs or in the inner city where they have people at the front door or security. And these people, these people, some of them are spewing this division. Some of them have no idea what it's like to be in the inner city. When I was at Georgetown, I worked in law students in court. And let me tell you what it was like. We had to go in at 7 a.m. It was very dangerous. Bullets could fly. There was no really nice, good, healthy grocery store. Windows were knocked out. Air conditioning and heating didn't exist. Often the front door of an apartment was missing. These were slums. How the law still allows them is beyond me. How people own them is beyond me. Women talk to me, who are my clients, about being raped the way somebody might talk about getting bit by a mosquito at a cocktail party in Potomac, Maryland. That's the inner city. Now, let me tell you why politicians don't ever, ever address the inner city homelessness or human trafficking. Because the trafficked person can't cast a vote for them. Because the people in the inner city are expected to vote along party lines. They can be bribed, they can be drugged, they can be spoken down to or ordered around as though they're mindless. And homeless people don't vote. Now, stop for a second wherever you are, if you're driving, if you're listening to this, and ask yourself this. Are you proud of a society where the people who run for office to represent all the human souls in their area that they're trying to be elected care not one bit about poor people or homeless people or humanly trafficked people because they can't vote? Doesn't that tell you everything you need to know about these candidates? I insist and I beg and I implore every human being to push in their state for laws that provide that no corporate entity may provide $1 to a candidate. Why? Why? And no person may put more than half a million dollars of their own money into a campaign because those corporations dump tens of millions of dollars one way or another into one candidate or another to get them elected for one position or another, and then that person owes them. It owes them. So if your jobs are shipped overseas, it's because a company that benefits from that bought the candidate. If the environment gets polluted, that's because a company that needs to pollute bought the candidate and owns them. If the inner city is being overlooked, it's because they don't have the leverage and the dollars to buy influence. Homeless people don't, and humanly trafficked people don't. So if we're ever going to have a society that helps the people most in need, we're going to have to completely change the laws. And I would ask all of you, why is it that you just can't go out and drum up some money and have a couple of commercials? Commercials where you talk about what you're going to do. And why don't we also 
invoke a rule that says that if you have something negative to say about your opponent, as opposed to the positions they take, we don't want to hear it. We, we shouldn't want to hear it. And that if you can't go into a debate and take your turn to speak, and if you're going to act like a seventh grader and hurl insults at each other, or if you're a moderator who's going to spin it a certain way or act very biased, none of you should be participating. And we all know this. We all know this. In fact, I know that many of you out there are just shaking your head up and down. Yep, Jerry, you're right. You're right. Regardless of what religion you believe in or science you believe or meditation you practice or things that you think are important to you, these truths are unassailable. When you do for others, you feel good about yourself. You do. When you do the right thing, you feel good about yourself. Human beings we're not put on this earth to discriminate based on hair color or eye color or skin color. Oppression has no place in this world, and those who oppress are evil and need to be dealt with by people who are bold enough to stand up to them. We should share, not because we're forced to, but because it comes from our hearts that we want to share. It should keep us up at night that people 20 miles away are living in a hellhole that we don't do anything to fix. I was very inspired by a Jesuit priest who started Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles, providing jobs for gang members. And if you think that everyone's just, you know, all oh, those guys are made to just join gangs. No, 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 no. Let me put you in that, that little hellhole called the inner city and see what happens to you. I think you probably end up joining a gang because you need protection because you need protection, because it's not safe, because there's no hope, because there's no real jobs, because there's no real safety, because there's really no connection to society. So you can live in your big suburban houses and think that it's their fault or someone else's fault, but I'm telling you tonight, it's your fault and your fault and your fault and your fault. Connect with Homeboy Industries. Go read Nipsey Hussle's comments before he was shot by somebody in a gang about how much he wanted people of his culture to bring businesses into the inner city and provide jobs. Those are the people you need to understand and follow and mimic. I think there are a lot of people who do a lot of good. LeBron James, I think, is doing a lot of greatness. But when he asked for Lori Laughlin to be put in a prison where she would be probably raped and really hurt. I counseled him that he was acting out of anger instead of looking towards solution. And I'll tell all of you that. When you start to wish ill on another person, another race, another party, any human being at all, I wish they would what? You are evil. You are angry. You are insecure. You are not part of the solution. Remember what I said when I began this. We need love. Some of us don't even know what that is. That's sad. Love is about giving. It's not about receiving. Love is about empathy and cherishing. Cherish is a big word that my wife taught, wife taught me. And look it up. Look up its meaning. Self-love is important too. Not self-admiration, but self-love. The man who blew up that RV have self-love? No, 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 no. How many people in this country are lost that badly that to get noticed, they'll blow themselves up? Well, more than you think, probably. How many people do you walk by every day and not even talk to them? 
And today with the pandemic, we run from people. So, you know, I'm going to tell you that if you're a scientific person, and I'm talking to all of you who don't believe in any religion, you're scientific, somebody created this universe. Somebody allowed for this planet to work or some force perfectly around the sun and made human beings that can speak, talk, think, and have cognitive abilities and butterflies and flowers and bumblebees and water and all sorts of things that have to be in perfect symmetry in order to work out that would not be created by an accident. None of us ourselves created it. Amazon didn't create it. Twitter didn't create it. Steve Jobs didn't create it. Apple didn't create it. China didn't create it. Russia didn't create it. No one created it. And none of us know what happens when we die, no matter how smart, no matter how advanced. And none of us are going to live forever. We will be sand under the feet of other people who come along. So as you think about that, right, and what you want for your kids or your family or your best friend or your lover or your partner or their progeny, will you want them to be ignorant and hateful? Will you want them to step over homeless people, drive by the inner city and not even care about the condition of their life, and allow young women to get raped four times a day for years upon years because, yeah, whatever, it's not my problem. And distinguish based on sexual orientation or skin color? Really? I mean, would, is that what you would hope would be the utopian future of this world? Sadly, sadly, some people and both in, in every camp, in every camp, are wagging that finger too much. Your race owes me. Well, first of all, let's be a little, I'm going to undress something that's a little bit of an uncomfortable topic. You can't just put all black people in a category that's ignorant, all Latino people, but or also, no, you can't do it to all white people. My grandparents immigrated here from Ireland. Yeah, they did. On a ship on the bottom of it, not on some freaking, you know, steamboat, first class. My grandmother became a maid, was spit on by people who were here before her, tripped, almost raped twice. And my grandfather hauled luggage off of trains and was made fun of in terms of the way he talked. My mother was almost raped. And, you know, it was not an easy way to go. My father was the first person, he was going to go to college, and he had lots of debt. And his father was relentlessly strict, which caused problems in his development. I was the first person in our family to go to school and go to law school. It took a lot of work, and you know, no one paid for my tuition. No one let me into their school because I was white. I had to work very, very hard, three jobs, had kids early in life. Lots, so not every white person has 2.1 kids and has them at 29. The point is, these labels are idiotic, and getting angry at a race is a waste of your time. You know, I was in New Orleans and I heard a person say something very horrible about a black person, and I stopped them and said, "That that's mean, and that's that's not right, and you should grow past that." And they said, "Yeah, but my sister was raped by this by a by a black man." So, well, what if your sister was raped by a white man? Are you going to call every white person a name? He said, no. I said, well, then don't you see the inherent unfairness and lack of decency in what you just said? And he stopped and he was stunned. But how many people talk to people who have bias that way? Right? I love diversity. 
and I'm going to talk about my firm as I end this, because if you're a small corporation or a big corporation or a movie star or a basketball player, you should be hiring us. I left the big firms, which were principally run by white men, where there was a lot of abuse. And I started a firm where we cut our hours and almost our billable rates almost by 60%. We don't bill for original consultations. And I decided that we would make sure that every office that I opened represented the face of the city that we're in. So our offices do. And by the way, I just wouldn't hire people of different races and cultures and sexual orientation and sexes. I would treat them all equally. And they, by the way, I would also interview them extensively to make sure that they were progressed minds that were not biased, not insecure, not mean. That's our firm. And we're great lawyers. Women are paid the same as men and are elevated to partnership the same as men, even if they have a baby, which is ridiculous that they wouldn't be. Our firm is as progressive a firm as you'll find in the United States of America. We keep telling ourselves, and we represent big companies and have beaten the pants off of many law firms that are big because we're good, but we're also doing things the right way. You should call us, gfox at gerard, G-E-R-A-R-D, foxlaw.com. Our firm is gerardfoxlaw.com. We're rolling out a new website shortly. Our main number is 310 0500. We'll give you a free consultation no matter who you are on your legal issues if it relates to litigation, appeals, or arbitration. We have offices in New York and LA, and we'll soon have one in South Carolina, and maybe Delaware, maybe Nashville. Small ones. We're very careful about how we build because we don't want to lose the community of progressed minds. I'm going to say one thing to all of you, and if you listen, pass this on to 20 other people. I do this for free. There's no subscription. There's no money I want from this. I want a better society. I am standing forward as a person who's finally willing to say the left and the right are lost and they need to come back to a place where they can tolerate each other's point of view and make compromises, tie into love, compassion, compromise, discipline, empathy, and cherish cherish human life. The problems that we face today are very complex. It is an absolute certainty that if we keep acting the way we are, we're going to take this world that is beautiful, that some of us believe a God gave to us, or some of us believe science created, but something created it for us. We should be damn thankful. Waking up on a beautiful sunny day, unless you're in the inner city and bullets are flying over your head or you're getting raped in a stairwell is a gorgeous thing, unless you're homeless and on the streets and starving, or you're getting raped four times a day as a humanly trafficked person. Sorry to interrupt the picture of a beautiful sunny day, but I want to keep reminding you there are people who don't have a sunny moment, and you're not doing anything about it. You out there are not doing anything about it. So I want you to realize that every day that you draw a breath, it's precious, especially with this pandemic and so many people dying. We certainly realize we don't have control over everything. We shouldn't try to control much of anything. We should try to love, listen, be compassionate, care about others, take our short time alive and do something that in our last breath we could think about and be proud. If you took your last breath, are you going to be proud that you made a person of a different color or sexual orientation feel horrible or bad or maligned, or that you took a high school job or a college job or a job away from somebody because you're able to exert power and influence 
because they disagreed with your point of view. That's oppression. You don't think it is. You really are deluded. Our society should enjoy debate. I would love to sit in a room with 100 people who understand climate change and also understand what the net effect is of some of the proposed solutions in terms of jobs lost, because that's also important. The pandemic draws a perfect example of the complexities of the decisions facing us. If you shut down restaurants, you could argue that you're probably preventing on some level the spread of this pandemic, but you're leaving thousands of people out of jobs, some of whom are desperate, lose hope, turn to drugs, and become suicidal. You see, these are adult problems. These are complex problems. And in today's world, you just shout at each other. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, let me yell louder than you. Let me yell with more force than you. Let me burn your store. Let me bomb your building. Let me get you to lose your job. Let me cancel you. Let me hurt you. Let me maim you. Let me destroy you. Let me do this to you. And that, my friends, is not an environment where we're going to have any solutions. I started by saying most of my friends are scared. These are intelligent people. And a lot of people don't even have a real life. You're homeless, you're in the inner city, or you're humanly trafficked. So I'm hoping I'll reach some people who are really intelligent, who want to be thought leaders. They want to get out of their own headspace and forget their political point of view or the idea that they have all the answers or that their group think is the only way. And that they want to take a blank sheet of paper and listen, learn, hear different points of view, and bring forth a compromise that advances all the different parts of the problem to some degree for the greater good. And until we can do that, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to huddle in our little corners of the world, afraid and angry and wanting to lash out and hurt somebody. Is that really the way you want to live your life? Really? Do you think anger solves a damn problem? Look at all the wars. Look at people that you know who walk around angry. Do you think they're happy? Have you ever looked at a person who's out there loving the entire world? Have you ever seen one who's sad? Have you ever seen one park an RV down a street and blow it up? Love everybody. Enjoy. Enjoy diversity. It's beautiful. God didn't make all the flowers look the same or our creator. Or whoever made this world didn't make all the flowers look the same. They made mountains. They made oceans. They're different. They made different skin colors. They made different races, different cultures. Those cultures are beautiful. Learn about them. Embrace them. If a black person tells you they feel that they're profiled and that they've had a tough life, lend a sympathetic ear. Shut up and just listen. And if a white person tells you that they feel persecuted when they walk down a black street, in a black neighborhood and they're afraid, don't sit there and talk about how they deserve it. Listen on your end too, so that we can all start to get more comfortable with each other. The, you know, the, the example of hatred that's rooted into children and then the next generation, the next generation, is the Israelis and the Palestinians. I have friends from that part of the country and they'll talk about how their kids can play when they're younger, but they're taught that eventually they'll kill each other. Somehow there's some pride that's attached to that, and I don't see how that happens. And there's nothing to be prideful about oppression or people who live a life full of anger and hatred. I think even in the Israeli and Palestinian conflict, you have to take a look at what's happening, and you have to see both sides. And it blows my mind, I'm going to end on this note, that we can send 
a man and a woman, hopefully soon, right? Women, yeah, come on, onto the moon. Men and women should be, you know, hand in hand, neck and neck. One should never be over the other. And if you dominate a woman, shame on you. No one should dominate anyone. But if we can send a man to the moon, if we can create this smartphone that has all this powerful ability and can connect us to people in halfway around the world and send videos and talk and get answers from a thing called Alexa, then don't you think we would also be able to become progressive, enjoy diversity, love each other, forgive the sins of the past, move on and create a society that is delightful to live in where you don't leave anyone behind? I ask you to really think on that as you head into the new year. There's not going to be huge New Year's Eve parties. And in a way, I'm glad because I'm expecting this podcast to go viral. I have a pretty core listening group. There's going to be a blast out, but I will be disappointed in myself if I haven't motivated everyone who listens to send this to 20 people and so forth. And if this goes the way I expect it will, As you go into the new year and you sit there and you have your New Year's wish, I'm hoping that you will wish that all the anger, all the hatred, all the ignorance, all the judging leaves your body and your mind and is replaced with love, compassion, discipline, empathy, and hope. Now, I am telling you, I don't know who's listening, but I'm not the man in an RV blowing up the world. I'm a father of seven children and four stepchildren who's opened up a marvelous firm where everyone who comes into it feels comfortable and where corporations should be lining up to hire us. I don't do many things well. I can litigate well and I can speak well. And I'm simply asking my fellow human beings, so translate this into other languages, please, to move towards a progressed place. Lose the need to dominate the conversation or the world, to shape points of view, to censor, to edit, to hurt, to destroy, and become a person who brings about discussion and compromises and a sense that everybody's voice needs to be heard, should be heard, and will be heard. If you're in the inner city, I'm telling you, I will not stop until more attention is put on you. If you're homeless, I bring you sandwiches, I bring you blankets, I write and talk about it, and I really try to help in both New York and L.A. And after putting on a guest on human trafficking, man, we have to stop that now. There is no place for that, period. Let's all just take a moment in silence and meditate tomorrow morning and ask for peace on earth and love, compassion, empathy, discipline, and hope. I know that each of you has the ability to be an amazing person. And there's nothing that's happened to you that would cause you to be anything other than an amazing, giving, loving human being. Make yourself proud. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.